I love baby dedications. And, I, and she's right. We have a, a grandbaby coming in May. The first of many. Kim said she wants 20, and the kids are like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk to you this morning. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking the air is working, but maybe it's not. And I'm going to walk over here and pretend I know what I'm doing. Uh, it's on heat. That's why. Somebody has switched it on us. Looky there. Because I see everybody waving this. Uh, you guys are all warm, aren't you? Well, this will change now. I want to talk to you about life giving you too much. You ever have too much? I mean, where sometimes it's just a... I mean, just like one more thing. I just, one more thing happens. And I'm, I mean, I grew up watching Fred Flintstone. Remember when Fred would blow his top? Woo! Wilma! All of those things would happen. I mean, just one more thing. And sometimes it doesn't take much because of all those little things that have been picking at you for some, uh, a certain point of time. I want us just to look at when life deals us too much. I'm going to give you three thoughts today, and, and listen to me, three thoughts, I'm going to go through them as quick as I can, shouldn't take us long, but if you'll do these three thoughts, I'm telling you, as God is my witness, you will find fruit in this, and it will make your life, it will change uh, things in your life, and you will start enjoying life. I want to enjoy life, especially this time of year, I want to enjoy life. I want life to be fun. I want life to be an adventure. I want it to be, I'm, I know life gives you some stuff, but I want to be able to take that because come on, sometimes when life gives you stuff, some things that you know used to put you under, now it doesn't even phase you. It's like water off a duck's back. But before that, it did you in. You'd have people reciting at your funeral. Because if it didn't kill you, it made you stronger. God has helped you get some strength. Now, he didn't put stuff like that on you, but he has allowed, if you lean on him, for you to get stronger and be able to do the great things that he's called you to do. We're going to look at Numbers 11, 13 through 15 first, and we're going to talk about Moses. Moses, this is Old Testament, but Moses is leading three million people. Now, just leading people alone is enough a challenge. My, my daughter, Mallory, uh, is in Disney World right now. Yeah, she's at a happy place. When you wish upon a star. That's where she so. But I remember when we took our kids when they were little. You're having a great time at Disney, but there's a lot of people. And you, you know, you just want to corral, make sure your kids are always in sight and keep a hold of them and all that. And sometimes for the kids, they're not stressed about it at all. But mama. I mean, you mama, her eyes are like. And she's having fun, but she's always not having too much fun that she forgets where she's at and what. Come on. So we understand. All right. Numbers 11, 13 through 15. Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? This is Moses. Now, they keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me the misery. This is him talking to God. <laughs> That's pretty bold. Just... Just shoot me. Put me out of my misery. That's kind of, he's just saying, I'm done. Now, he's got a lot of people. And they're sick and tired of manna. They're whining about that. They want meat to eat. Numbers 11, 13 and 14 says, where can I get meat for all these people? They're saying, I'm sick of this. Manna every day. Manna, 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 manna. So they keep wailing at him. So they're saying, give us. Say that with me. Say, give us. 
Doesn't that sound sometimes? And I, I mean, I know this is Moses, but we kind of have that same tendency because we live in a society. And if we're not careful, there's a lot of society that has that entitlement. You just need to give that to me. If something goes wrong, I need that because I'm entitled to it. And we have a society now that has taken some of the very values and principles that we hold dear and they've changed them or warped them and tried to say, you know what, we don't have to kneel. We don't have to stand. We don't have to do any of this because after all, and I'm just like, please, people have died for you to even live in this country. I'm, you know, uh, don't even get me started on that. But what I'm saying is this. This is what Moses is dealing with. He's saying, give us. Give a, they want meat. I want meat. I want meat. We went to a restaurant one time, and I got two boys and two girls. And my youngest boy, he is a carnivore. That boy can put away some food now. And I remember we were, we were going on vacation, matter of fact, and we were in a Cracker Barrel. I love Cracker Barrel. It's just good, you know, it's, I like it. And I remember my oldest son had said this. He said, <laughs> Dad, why do we have to keep going to Cracker Barrel? Because we were traveling, actually going to Disney World in the south, traveling in the south, and there's Cracker Barrels all over the place. So we were like, yes, because we like that. He goes, because I'm tired of bacon cheeseburgers. So I'm, I'm, I'm like saying, son, there's like 7,000 other things on the menu. Get something else. Oh, the other son was like, you can order this. And he's like, I'll take 17 pork chops. I'll take, I mean... We're like, no, 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 you can't order. Because, I mean, they're glad. To, oh, okay, yeah, all right, that'd be good. No, but we want to have money for Disney, not pay at Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? So these people are saying that. I want meat to eat. I want stuff to, you know, I want this. This is what I want, and this is what I want. And, and Moses is saying this. It is too much for me. It is a burden. I cannot carry this. I'm overwhelmed. It's too much, and this is just too much. I can't handle it. So this is the, what we have to understand. The enemy is trying to get you off track. He's trying to get you overwhelmed. He's trying to get you to look at all of these things instead of what you need to look at. And if he can get you overwhelmed and he can get you all irritated and get you all... Honey, this is what the Bible says, strife. If you allow strife in, guess what happens? It says it opens the door to every other evil thing. I mean, it's nasty. And I mean, if you live with people, you're going to have a tendency... It's easy to get into strife because you're not all going to agree. There's going to be things that you don't agree or you misinterpret each other. Anybody married? Because it doesn't mean you want. It's just you didn't understand or we assume. I get in trouble for assuming. She doesn't get me in trouble. I mean, the enemy, you know, you just and this is what you think. And, 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 and you know what I'm saying? So we, we just have to start saying, all right, God, let me just figure this out. Show me what I need to do. Because the enemy wants us to feel like a failure. He wants you to feel overwhelmed. He wants you to sing gloom, despair, agony on me. He wants you to have all of these other feelings. Numbers eleven fifteen. This is uh, This is what he says to God. If you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. I can't take it anymore. And then the Lord said to Moses, this is Numbers eleven sixteen and 17. Gather before me 70 men who recognize as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle and stand there with you. I'll come down and talk to you there. I'll take some of the spirit that's upon you, and I'll put that spirit upon them. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it alone. They're going to do what? They're going to bear the burden. They're going to help him carry some of that, so he won't have to carry it all himself. So the three thoughts I have for you this morning, so if you're taking notes, this is where we go. Here's our number one thought. Prioritize. I'm going to ask you to prioritize. 
I'm going to ask you to think of things that are important that you must do. Things that you have to do. When life gets too much, we have to learn to put something down. We cannot carry it all. We have to put something down. We try to do everything. And you are not made to do everything. If you want to help here and you want to get yourself in a better state of mind. How many know the battles right between your two ears? You're going to need to quit carrying everything and put something down. It teaches us to prioritize. <clears throat> now, I live with a beautiful wife. She is thin. I am much thinner. I've lost over 65 pounds, so I'm happy about that. But it hasn't always been that way. We would go to a buffet, and after all, scripturally, the Bible says buffet your body. So, I would. And, you know, there's people that just come, you know, do you mind if we take these plates? Oh, sure, go ahead. I'll get more. That's the great thing about a buffet. But if you've ever been with a thin person and watched them eat... This is what they do. Now, this is true. Now, watch. They will. There's a, a lot on the buffet. Do they take everything on the buffet? They only take what they want. They only take the things that are most important to them. And then when she gets on her plate, the most important things, she will classify on how she eats those things. If she's more hungry for this, she's going to eat this first. Am I making sense? Because that's what she does. Me? If it isn't moving, I'll probably eat it unless it's Braunschweiger or liver. Then I'm done. But you know what I'm saying? It's good, but I'll eat stuff that I don't really care about. And then I've learned from her. She'll be like, I'm not doing that because I don't want that because I want this. Why waste my calories on this? Because I want that more. Again, a choice. If you want to help yourself being from life too much, you're going to have to learn to put some things down. Do not try to do everything. I used to go into the ice machine and try to grab as many cubes as I could with my hand. And she finally said, why do you do that? Because I need ice. But you always drop them. I know. <laughs> she said, why don't you just get one or two at a time? You know, sometimes there's just those aha moments. <laughs> I'm just light bulb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because then you won't drop any and you'll be happier. Because that's what needs to happen. Sometimes just saying, okay, how do I handle this? Prioritize. Instead of trying to grab everything at once, just quit trying to carry it all. What's most important? Now, I've got four kids, three dogs, two fish. The Two of the dogs aren't mine, but they're in the house. They still live with us. I don't charge them rent. But if I was to spend a half an hour, not with the dogs or the fish, but with even my family, I mean, that takes time out of the day and I get it and all that. And we should. And that's not what I'm saying not to do that. But I'm just saying there are things in life that are really important. So I've had to choose as a dad and a husband because I have a lot of things that I have to do as a pastor. I've got people that I need to see, visitations I need to do, staff, meetings, 
paying bills, making sure this is done and this is done. I could put all this stuff in front, but I must do what's most important. I must put some things down. Folks, I talk to people all the time. I get to people in hospitals and all kinds of things. And most people, if they're in the hospital and they're towards the latter year of their life and they've asked me to come in, you know, I'm going to pray with them. And God, a lot of times, will heal them and they'll walk out of there. But they'll walk out with a new vision. Now, listen, I just said that very fast without hardly any stop. So I'm just excited. Listen, this is what they'll tell me. They'll say if they could do things over again, they would have spent less time at work and more time with the things that are most important. More time with their kids, more time hugging their kids, more time playing with their kids, more time instead of being so work oriented or or job mindseted or or this or that or or you know what and who cares you know well I I can't spend any time with you because there's a football game on. Boy, that's going to be monumental, isn't it? And again, uh, well, I'm not going to go back to the standing or kneeling. But again, what's most important are your children, the, the, the life relationships that you have. Most of us could wake up and say, I wake up in the morning with the gift of too much. I mean, it just has happened. I got to go. This is a Monday. I got to do that. Who invented hump day? And it's Wednesday, we only got two days left. And there's people that just, and you know them, they live for the weekend. They drudge through the week, dragging their tail all week long till Friday, just before the clock goes ding, and somehow Cinderella dropped her slipper and they're ready to go to the ball. Because it's the weekend. And then it's Monday again. See, we have this mindset, I can do it all. We have to say what things are most important. Luke 10 Jesus talks and he tells the story of Mary and Martha. And if you remember the story, Martha, she thought she could do it all. So she's going around the house, making sure we got the let's get the best dishes out. Let's make sure the place looks good. It's got a sweep here. Got a dust there. Oh, let's burn those candles. Oh, that's a good one. Let's do that fragrance. That'll be homey. That's great. She's got all that stuff going on while Mary is just at his feet. And Jesus finally says, Martha, Martha, Martha. It's not that he's saying the things she's doing are bad. They're good. But Mary has done this and said, those are important, but this is most important. He's in my house. I got to I got to see. I got to stay right here. I can sweep anytime. My friends, there are some things that you need to just say. This is most important. You can do some of the stuff you've been doing anytime. Jesus says in Luke 10, 41 and 42, just to the latter part of that, he said, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So when life is too much, it's going to force you to prioritize. You're going to need to put something down. You see, you need to learn this or instead of and. I can do this or I can do that. But we live where we're like, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this and I got to do that. What if we would just say, you know what? I can't do all of that, but I got to do this. It's all about conjunction. When I was growing up, remember the song conjunction, junction. What's your function? Or instead of and. See, we live where we think we can do everything. Doesn't matter what our profession is. I have to do this. And here's what we do. We have to do it because we don't want to give it to anybody else because we're afraid they'll mess it up. Because if we have our hand in it, at least we know how it'll come out. And we're all guilty of that. I've done that. 
Because at least I know. Because it's familiar, we know. If you can get one thing out of this message, say or and not and. They're good things and they're God things. It doesn't mean the thing's not a good thing. It just means maybe God doesn't want you to do that thing. Just do this. What's your gifting? Do this. Life is always going to bring you challenges. I could do more. It doesn't mean I should do more. Has God called you to do all of that? I'm excited. I mean, the church is growing. We're excited. We're, I'm talking to people. We, you know, we're looking at God. How are we going to do student ministry? We're looking at people that will help us and all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing. I've done student ministry. I've done it for years. I did it before as a senior pastor. It's a good thing. I'm not supposed to do it. I can't do everything. We think highly productive people don't. They just, you know, they do all this stuff. No, this is what they do. They prioritize. They do what they're good at. And what they do, they do well. And they're so good at it, they make money at it and whatever they do. But they don't try to go and do things that are not in their gifting. Maybe instead of making a to-do list today, you could make a to-don't list. If you try to do it all, you're going to miss some of the most important things. I want to say this is a song by Jim Croce, and no, I'm not going to sing it. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when. We'll get together then, Dad. We're going to have a good time then. And then later in the song, it's when you coming home, son. And, it, and at the end, it says, the boy was just like me. He's grown up just like me. Come on, moms and dads. Just like today, we dedicated little John. We dedicate ourselves to the things that are the best and the most. Prioritize, put something down. Our second thought today is delegate. Not do we just need to put something down and concentrate on important things. We need to give some things away. Assign help to the task at hand. This is what he said. Um, He's overwhelmed. I can't do all this. They're bringing me all this stuff. Morning until evening, they want advice. So then Jethro, his father-in-law, gives him some stuff to do. He says here, in Exodus eighteen seventeen, said, what you're doing is not good. And he goes on, and he tells him what to do. He said, you need to, to elect some men. You need to get some people that are going to help you. And he's got people that will be in charge. And not just anybody, people with integrity, people that you know are going to give good advice, people that are, that are uh, good in what they, what they know and good in their heart. So you know they stand good, they respect them. And he's got people in charge of thousands, some in hundreds, some in fifties and and tens, and he brings the whole thing down. Because life can be too much. That's why we, we like life groups, because life change happens in small groups. And literally when you're a core leader or a life group, as you're a core leader, if you're the ushers or the greeters or whatever, that those people are your life group. You are helping pastor those people. You're going to be there when they need something. Hey, let me pray with you about that. You're going to help them across some spiritual bumps. Sometimes we're just so full of pride, we don't like to ask for help. The house I had before this one, we had uh, 16 acres. And uh, four or five of it was in a just grass. The rest was woods. And we had a John Deere mower, and, and we bought the mower. And then we got there. I drove it and drove it and drove it, and it finally gave up the ghost. And I was pushing my lawn with a little 18-inch push mower. My neighbor, who was in his 60s, 65 or 67 at the time, 
he came over and he's got a big tractor with, you know, like a seven foot wide thing on the back. Hey, Brett. What you doing? Mowing my yard. Hey, you want me to help you? No, no, I got it. It's good exercise. Why? Because I didn't want to tell him I needed help. Even though very, you know, my mower died. I'm, we're going to get another mower. But until then, well, I can help you. No, I got this. I got it. And so I would be out there mowing for hours and hours. And when it needed mowed again, I just had finished it. You know what I'm saying? Because it took me a long time to mow it. Then he came over and he goes, you sure you don't want me to help you? And I was like, yes, thank you. Because there's sometimes we just have something that we don't want anybody to help. We don't want anybody to know we're hurting. We're good at putting on the mask. And we, you know, we just, please. But I'm telling you, if, if life is too much, you need to look at these areas. You need to put something down. You might have to give something away. You might need some help. Somebody that can do some more than what you can do. It's better when you have other people helping. As a matter of fact, the Bible says God's presence is strong when they're more than just you. Whenever two or three are gathered, he's there in the midst. So it's time to put something down, prioritize. It's time to hand something off to delegate. So in Exodus, Moses does that. and says it's going to make his load lighter. 18, 22, and 23 says they're always available to, uh, to solve people's common disputes. But bring the major, major cases to Moses. So some of the little stuff... He's just saying that, you know, people just, hey, am I doing this right? You know, we have my, my core leaders, they, they take care of stuff. I don't, I don't have to take care of everything. Think about it. If I had to take care of every issue that came up or everything, I don't. Because we train leaders. We're, we're trying to have people help them so that we're in this thing together. We just help each other uh, find the way and do things in the best way that we can. So they help carry the load. Put something down, hand something off. So prioritize and delegate. If you're taking notes, here's our last thought for today. Offer something up. Put something down. Give something out. Offer something up. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? To cast, to give God worship. If somebody tells us we can't, that helps some of us. Just tell me I can't and then we'll say, oh yes, we can. No, you can't do that. You watch me. We almost do things like that, don't we? We almost say, okay, if you just tell me I can't, reverse psychology just says that I can. If we give something up to God when we can't handle it, how much better would that be? According to Mark eleven twenty two through 24, it says we thank him before it shows up. So if we would just say, God, I, this whole situation, I just give this to you. I, I, I'm just giving that to you. So it's kind of almost a combination. It's basically we're not just we're giving everything we're we're delegating. We're putting it down. I can't carry it anymore. God, I can't hold this anymore. It's too heavy. I, I got to give that to you and I'm worshiping you and thanking you for the answer for it already. But there may be other people that can help. Hey, would you agree with me and pray on this? Or could you help me get this job done? We have a lot of things at the church. We need people to help. Uh, today, the guy that normally runs our parking lot's not feeling well. So we had people that said, I got it. I didn't even have to do anything. They already got it before I could even do anything. That's how this works. Because, hey, if somebody needs something in the family, we take care of it. You know how that works. That's what you do at home. What are you holding on to right now that God says, would you give that to me? 
Maybe it's something. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's something. But you need to just say, God, I can't. It's driving me in the ground. I put on a happy face, but I'm totally tormented all the time. I'm always thinking about it. Then you need to give it to God. Offer it up. Lord, just take this. Because this is what happens. If we work, he rests. God's not going to do what you can do. And this is what we, your, your body, your mental and physical body is not made to carry everything you go through. It's not made that way. You have to give it to him. If you're going to work, he's going to rest. If you're going to rest and trust him, then he's going to work. That's how faith is. You see, because this is what we do. We have to understand everything. God, you've got to explain how, how you're going to do that. God doesn't explain all that to you. You're going to have to trust him. So sometimes we don't have to understand him. We just have to stand under him. We just have to say, God, I don't get it, but I trust you. But I can't handle this anymore. So I'm going to trust you to do that. And that's all he needs. He needs somebody to be like a Peter that says, God, we've fished all night. I, you don't even understand. Jesus, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. We've fished all night. There's no fish here. And Jesus, I can just see that look in his eye, just kind of almost like Martha, you know, Martha, Martha, Martha. He's just saying Peter. And Peter says this, and I love this about Peter. But if you say, okay, I don't have to understand it just because God says it. That's what it is. David, you cannot beat Goliath. He's been a warrior since his youth. And David says, I can do this. And finally, the Bible says Saul just said, all right, go ahead. Because he could not convince him. Has the enemy tried to convince you of something that God has said you can do? Maybe it's time you set something down, give something out, offer something up. Prioritize, delegate, and worship. So how do we do that? Psalm 55, 22, give your burdens to the Lord. He'll take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. The Hebrew word translated as cast If you're taking notes, it's the word shellac, and it means to cast, to hurl, to throw. So if you have a situation that's more than you can handle, you need to cast it. You need to give it to God. Put something down, give it away, cast it, give it up. Lord, take this. I can tell you right now, there's things that we've walked through life and we have limped along and God wants you to walk better. But we haven't been good at casting. Because we just do this. We bring it to the throne and we set it down. If it was in a suitcase, we set it down and this is what we do. We stand back and say, Jesus, take that. It's right there. It's been really bothering me. It's right by your left foot. You can see. You can move. You can catch it. You're gonna, well, if you're not going to do anything with it, we'll pick it up and we'll walk away with it. The same thing. I'm telling you, there's more to life than what you've been living. You're going to have to learn that these are three simple things. We've got four kids. They don't all live in our house now. Three, we've had three weddings in the last three years. Thank you, Jesus. That we lived to tell about it. I'm not, I miss my kids. I'm, I wish they were still home. We, lo- we love them. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's been a lot of transition. But when our kids were home, these are principles that I'm telling you work. There's nothing wrong if you ask your kid to do, this is what we called them when I was growing up, chores. I remember Kim telling, telling our kids, oh, let me get this straight. 
Dad and I are going to go buy the food, fix the food, bought the plate you ate it off of, and the silverware, and you are going to eat the food, but you're not going to do anything else. I could almost hear some of my kids like, yeah, that's pretty much the picture. Yeah, that's the way I like it. And this is what mama is saying. That's not happening in my lifetime. Here's what you're going to do. And this is what we, we just enforced. They had things to do. When I grew up, I couldn't go do some of the things outside with my friends until I got my chores done. Whatever happened to making your kids just say, you know what? You live here too. I'm not picking up your dirty underwear. Look at you all quiet. He said underwear. So we made our kids, do, you know, here's some jobs you need to do. Here's some things you need to help us. You're going to dust. You're going to do this. You're going to take the trash out. You're going to do that. You're going to make your beds. Because why? We're a family. We pull together. We delegate. Cast your care on him for he cares for you and you'll get past it. Paul had that thorn in his side and he's basically saying, could you please take this? Because this has really been painful. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. God said, My grace is what? He said, My grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in what? In weakness. I'm almost finished here, but basically this is saying, You cannot do this alone. You weren't made that way. God is saying, I can help you. Let me do this. But here it is. The brass tacks of this is you have a free will. You can give it to him or you can keep it. It's up to you. That's why there's a choice. That's why he doesn't force himself. That's why you choose this day whom you will serve. When you get saved, you get saved because you choose Christ. If you don't choose Christ, you choose the other by not choosing Christ. Because there's really two choices. We have to follow him in such a way that we have to say, Lord, I want to be able to do more. I want to to have fun. Let me me say this. Perspective is, is an amazing thing. If I could get you to be convinced that you've got some great days ahead of you, that are better than what you've experienced. I'm not saying you're having bad times now. I mean, maybe some of you are going through some struggles now. I get it. But perspective, sometimes we shut things out. Um, uh, my sister is, in, well, she might not be in here now, but she's the secretary. But um, if she didn't like anything I was saying or anything, she would go in her closet. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. And so she couldn't hear it. Cause, and that sometimes we do that in life. We just don't want to hear it. I've done that too. Maybe not na 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 na, but done that too. When we go on vacation, we'd get in the back of a Falcon or Fairlane. I can't remember which my mom said it was. To me, it was one of those. It was a smaller Ford car. And we would travel hours to go on vacation. My sister and I, just on the outside, my grandmother sandwiched in between us. And dad didn't stop very many times. And grandma. When if we'd ever fall asleep or anything, and mom had snacks and stuff in the car, grandma would always drink our pop. We call them gumpies. I don't know what you call them, but backwash or whatever, I'd be like, no, grandma's been here. 
My sister would get mad at me. Now listen, because I'm going somewhere, and I'm almost finished. Because I would get in the car, and it wasn't as pleasant. Now, I love my grandma. Grams helped raise me. She was awesome. But there, that part of the driving was not my favorite. So I determined, I'm going to sleep. And my sister would get mad because she couldn't sleep. Not me. It's lights out Louie, man. I'll be in that car. And, <laughs> and so for most of the drive, I'm asleep. And she'd just be mad at me for almost a day. We'd get to our vacation. And she'd be, all you do is sleep in that car. And I'm like, because I didn't want to have to go through all of the, how are we there yet? How much longer? Because Pop didn't appreciate that. And I got in trouble usually for doing that. So if I slept, I gave nobody trouble. My point is this. Life won't change if we just go to sleep. I still had to make the trip. Now, you might say, yeah, but you didn't notice it. I get it. But as you get older, you miss a lot. Some things you, you need to learn, and you need to learn and use your perspective. If I would have known some of these principles I'm trying to teach you today, I just need to put something down. I don't have to do everything, but I, here's what I got ahead of me. Prioritize. I could do this. I could delegate this out. I could help. I could do that. Somebody else could help me. I could thank God already. I could just worship him. Father, I thank you. Have you ever done something and already said, I'm going to have a great time? If you do that, chances are much better that you'll have a great time than if you don't. Life and death is in your mouth. So many times we get exactly what we speak. I knew that was going to happen. Have you ever said that? Oh, it's just, it's just par for my course. I challenge you today. If life is too much, put something down. What do you not have to do? It won't matter if it's done today or not. But what could you do that you have to do? Then if you need help, who could help you? And then what you could give up. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for my family. See, here's what we do and that what society has taught us. We look at stuff this way. We look at what we don't have instead of what we do. What if we looked at what we do have? If we would take care of what we do have and value the things that are most important, like the little Johns and the family that came to support that. It's a day that you'll remember, they'll remember, and you're building on a foundation that will never go away. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?